On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I talk about the tough Atlantic division. Yes, the Philadelphia 76ers with the rest of the teams, they're pretty good. All of them could be playoff teams. How tough is it? Who stands out? Who's the toughest opponent for the 76ers as we get ready for this upcoming campaign? We'll dive into it next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are Locked On 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, from the inquire.com sixes beat writer keith pompey keith what's going on man how was the weekend it was, this was great man it was great what's up with you not much man uh, another weekend of football getting ready for the uh the home team here this uh monday night and we'll see how the uh the rest of the division giants won washington lost cowboys uh eat one out themselves so philadelphia eagles need to make sure they stay stay on track and uh, keep up with the with the undefeated New York Giants at this time. Two games, bro. Two games. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's only 17 of them. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. You gotta right. What you got to do. Uh, mm-hmm. We thank everybody for making Locked On 76 is your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76 is free and available wherever you get your podcast, like right here, YouTube at Locked On 76 as well, Keith. As we get closer and closer, a week away from media day for us next week as the 76ers will have media day a week from today, next Monday in Camden at the practice facility. Always an interesting day. And as we get closer and closer, we focus on so many other things. We'll start to dive into so many other different topics and ideas as we go along as training camp gets underway. Uh, but I wanted to uh, dive into the division a little bit. We've talked about the overall scope of the Eastern Conference, but we haven't really focused on the Atlantic division. Boston, Philadelphia, New York, Brooklyn, and Toronto, all playoff-worthy caliber teams, at least based on what New York has done uh, two years ago, making the playoffs this past year, falling short, but uh, going out there and making a big move for Jalen Brunson. And you know their idea and is to make sure that they get into the postseason. So, uh, with it, Keith, and we, we look at it, and how do you view this one here with the Atlantic Division and uh, the, how tough it is for the Philadelphia 76ers to come out on top? And how realistic do you believe it is for them to win this division? I mean, I, I, well, you know what? I mean, they can win it. But, you know, right now I look at, I mean, this division, in my opinion, is the toughest division. Um, the second one would, would probably be the central division, you know, right now. And, and, and the reason why I say it's the toughest is because, no, I think four to five teams right there are going to be playoff contenders with three of the teams probably being in the three of the top five teams, right? And then uh, you could argue like four of them could be four of the top six, right? The four teams. So you got Boston, the Sixers, the Toronto Raptors, and the Brooklyn Nets. I have all four of those teams making the playoffs and the Knicks being a team that doesn't make it. But here's the thing. When you look at it, we're talking about tough. You know, I think Boston, the Boston Celtics are the best team in the East. And I think that, you know, they're probably going to stand in the 76ers way. And then you look at the Brooklyn Nets and the Brooklyn Nets are a team that has the the potential to be the best team. 
We just don't know, you know, what Brooklyn net team is going to show up from a mental standpoint. So, you know, it's one of those things right now. I think that, you know, yes, the Sixers are, I got them regarded as the third best team in the East, but at the same time, I feel like they're going to have a tough time winning that division. And the good thing is, it's like, hey, people don't really go by that anymore. They just go by number one through eight in the Eastern Conference standings. But I do look at the yeah. Boston Celtics being the best team in the Atlantic division. Now, even with Boston, yes, having a pretty good offseason with Malcolm Brogdon, Danilo Gallinari, but unfortunately he's out with the ACL. Does it kind of tip the scales a little bit where – not tip the scales where, where that's a big pickup for Malcolm Brogdon, obviously – but we also thought that with the addition of Danilo Gallinari, that put them really at the top to remain there. But without Gallinari and not having yet replaced him with another free agent acquisition or even in via trade, does that give the Sixers, as you said, they could win this division? Does it keep them a little bit closer uh, to the Boston Celtics for that crown of the Atlantic Division? I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I like. I mean, I think the Sixers are going to be in the mix. You don't get me wrong, but I still think that. You know, I know Boston lost Gallinari for, you know, for whenever he returns, it probably could be a season-ending one, right? Who knows, right? Who knows? But at the same time, I just think that Boston is so young. They had, they were dealing with injuries. They were dealing with the COVID situation. I feel like if Boston comes in focus with those guys, they're going to be great. The one thing that they missed out on last year, the weakness was, you can argue, was a starting point guard position. Yes, Marcus Smart played that, but at the same time, he's not really a point guard. You know what I mean? So I think with the with Malcolm Brogdon and um, running a point is going to enable Marcus Smart to do other things. And I just think that they're just going to be deeper. I mean, when we look at the front court, I mean, the front court guys were injured, banged up all year. Um, I just feel like the Boston Celtics are way younger than the Sixers, and it's a talented group with a lot of confidence being as though that they made it to the finals. Now that can also overconfidence could hurt, hurt the Celtics, but at the same time, I, I feel as though that the Celtics are, are number one, the Sixers are number two and, and, and Brooklyn number three. I don't disagree with that, but before we move on to Brooklyn and the other teams, then who's, if, if Malcolm Brogdon is going to be a starter, which we, he has been for the duration of his career, Who's coming off the bench for Boston? Is it Robert Williams, Al Horford? Because you already have those two guards and Smart and Brogdon. And then you have Brown and Tatum, and you only have room for one more if that's Al Horford or Robert Williams. Now, that's their problem, but we're talking about it because it could be the rest of the Atlantic Division's problem, including the 76ers. So who who would your candidate be to come off the bench? Is it still Robert Williams and you start Al Horford? You know, that's a really tough one but because right now is, is one of those things where – I mean, I think a lot of it will depend on which, like how how Horford looks like when he comes back, you know. But but I would think that, you know, it, and also I I think that you're looking at a Boston Celtics team that where you know if all these guys buy in. You could say we have six starters. Like for instance, when when the Boston Celtics play the Sixers, okay, you're going to have Al Horford and you're going to have Robert Williams in out there, right? You know what I mean. But if they play another team then Robert Williams could slide to the five and, and, or, or, you know, whatever, you know, and, and then they can have like a smaller lineup. I mean, the thing about it is they're so flexible. 
and 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 uh like where you look at a guy like Jason Tatum who at times you know he's a three but at times he plays the four you know what I mean he excels at that so yeah. I, I don't know that you know that's a tough situation that Boston has to deal with but at, at the same time it's a great situation because you have so many versatile players, you know. What absolutely, I mean? yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that part will be interesting for our second-year head coach, Emmy Udoka, and how he structures that lineup for the starting five. At least we know that's not the all-important part of things, but they have some talented players. Boston, I agree with you. Who's the next best uh, outside of Brooklyn? We'll decide. We'll just talk about that on the other side and, and figure out who the next best competition is in the Atlantic Division. As we focus on this one on the Locked On 76ers podcast, we'll get into that next right here on Locked On 76ers. As we uh, do that, I got to tell you and talk to you about wasting money. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? We know how difficult it is to find uh, which ones are your favorites. You have so many of them, so you you spend money here, you drop a few bucks here, you load up on them all. 80% of people have subscriptions they've simply forgot about, maybe for you. It's an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. You forgot the password. That's how long it has been since you have used it. Well, there's this great app I use that helps me track all of my expenses. And because of it, I no longer waste money on subscriptions. I don't even use. You might have heard of it. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. We've talked about this in the past. They have a new name, Rocket Money. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. It has already helped me out with the formal, uh, the, the, the name that we formerly used, and it's certainly going to help me out with this one right here to keep track of these subscriptions. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Do it today, people. Do it today. Definitely do it. We're getting into the fall, getting into the holiday season. Every $5 counts. <laughs> All right. Okay. You don't want to get there. $5 here, $5 there. Next thing you know, that extra $35, whatever it might be at the end of the year for those socks that you're giving away for Christmas. All right. Thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis. From our local experts, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. I gotta ask you, um, who would be the surprise team in the Atlantic Division for you, Keith? If we are to believe that Boston is up at the top, Brooklyn will be right behind the Sixers or contending with the Sixers until we really have a good idea of what that team looks like with their new structure, with Ben Simmons in the mix and a few other additions from this offseason and all the turmoil that they have to deal with this offseason, if they are ready to go and they're gonna be the best version of the Brooklyn Nets. Who else uh, between Toronto and New York would you look at as a surprise team in the Atlantic division? I think we'll have the same one, but I figured I'd ask you. I mean, if I don't think New York, I, I don't think New York has enough firepower right now. You know, I, I just don't. I agree with you. I, I don't. Um, but, you know, I, it's funny because that's a great question, but I don't, I don't think Toronto is going to be a surprise. I think the Raptors are going to be a good team. You know, I feel like, you know, the, the Raptors team and nothing against the Sixers, nothing against them. But I feel like the Sixers got the Raptors at the right time in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like they had some injuries and and, and Scotty Barnes was banged up. Um, Fred Van Vliet wasn't himself, right? And I feel like, yes, the Sixers were the better team, 
But I, I feel like that team is scary. I mean, we look at the length that they had. We looked at the, the versatility and all these guys can play. And, you know, yes, they're not on – they're not as individually talented as the Sixers uh, stars power I'm talking about, as Brooklyn, as Boston. But I think that when you throw out all those six nines and six ten guys who can play a lot of different positions, and then you have the shooters and Gary Trent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Junior and and Fred Flamvee, you know, I feel like that's going to be a dangerous team. So some people may say they're going to be a surprise. I don't really see it that way, but at the same time, you know, I I, I do feel like that they're going to be a, a once the playoffs come, they're going to be a tough out. I do too. Like how they play very well coached by Nick Nurse, as we saw with that first round matchup against the Sixers. As you mentioned, those crazy lineups that they can throw out there with Scotty Barnes uh, handling a lot of the defensive responsibilities on uh, the best wing player, maybe on the point guard, give a, you know, give a little break to Fred Van Vliet. And you talk about the shooting from Gary Trent and Fred Van Vliet as well. And then Pascal Siakam is a, a you know, a former all-star. So, they have a lot of good things there, and Thaddeus Young seemed like he fit in well there coming off the bench, having their center position. Uh, Chris Boucher coming off the bench. They have a lot of stuff, and they run a very different type of offense. They run a different, unique uh, defensive uh, sets that they have there that really give a lot of teams trouble, including the 76 or so. They, they are going to be a tough out for sure, and you're right. They're not a surprise. Many people already know who they are because of Nick Nurse and those other players that have uh, established themselves as all-stars in, in terms of Van Vliet and Siakam, and then the other role players that they do have on the team that makes them so good. So, And with New York, you, you're right, man. Even with Jalen Brunson, that's why I didn't want him to go there. Uh, just as a fan of his game, felt like Dallas was still the place for him. Going to New York, he, he, he couldn't make me look foolish in saying this. I just think it's the wrong spot because – while I like R.J. Barrett a little bit and Julius Randle, the same thing, does that team just really doesn't do anything for me where I think that they can really compete, not only in the, in the Atlantic, but also in the Eastern Conference with so many other teams. There's about nine, ten teams in the East uh, and a few others that they're going to be battling with outside of the usual four that we talk about or five with Milwaukee, Miami, and Brooklyn with the Sixers in Boston. There are only three more spots. And, yes, there's a play-in, and then they have that midseason tournament and all that that they can really hit a groove and get going. But I just don't look at them as a team right now from afar that I, I'm worried about, really. They're going to compete. They're going to give you some tough nights. It's going to be a tough out on any given night during the 82-game schedule. But as far as the postseason goes, I just don't see them as a team that I'm, I'm all that concerned about. Nah, you're right. Because, like, you talked about the other teams. Like, you said Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Chicago, then Cleveland, right? I didn't even mention Cleveland. You didn't even mention Cleveland. That's what I'm saying. You didn't mention Cleveland. Or Atlanta. So then you got Miami, Atlanta, and Charlotte. Now, the thing about Charlotte, Charlotte's a young team, and I know, like, we talk about playing. The tough part with them is no Miles Bridges. Yeah, no Miles Bridges. They have, yeah, you're right, no Miles Bridges. But at the same time, those young guys, they got the other ones are, are good, are good. And then the coach that they have is a is a hell of a coach. You know what I mean? Clifford so, back here. Yeah, Clifford, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so to me, it's like, but when I look at it, so like, yes, no Miles Bridges. But when I look at the Knicks, I'm saying to myself, are they better than Charlotte right now? 
We like, forgot I mean, Chicago too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, nah, they're not better than Chicago. I don't nope. think so. Nope. Nah, I'm just saying we forgot them as well. Yeah, we forgot team. about it. Yeah. So that's the hard part for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Part. And with all those teams, Keith, again, we feel the Sixers have a good chance to compete in the East and maybe at least make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows? We'll figure that all out as the season goes along. Uh, in our final segment, we wanted to talk about this, too, as we speak about all those teams and all the talent that's there in the East, including the talented players that the Knicks have. We need to talk about All-Stars. How many do the Sixers have? Do they have two, one, three, four, maybe? Who knows? We'll talk about it on the other side. Final segment right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. Devon Givens, Keith Pompey with you here on this Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend as we get closer and closer to the media day portion of things for the NBA starting a week from today. Keith, in February will be the All-Star Game. This season, it will be in Utah where they need some excitement. And I guess this is what what it will be. The All-Star Game will be February uh, second week of Feb, second weekend of February, as always, it will be in Utah this year. And Joel Embiid has made the All-Star team five consecutive seasons as a starter. And James Harden has also made the All-Star team for consecutive years. For He's a 10-time All-Star, so 10 consecutive years. James Harden has made the All-Star game and played in that weekend. They don't have any others from Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, P.J. Tucker, on and on and on, all these names that that the Sixers do have. Tobias Harris, I thought, should have made it a couple of seasons ago, the last season that Ben Simmons made it. thought Tobias Harris was worthy of that by the midpoint of the season. Uh, has not made it yet. And uh, same with Tyrese Maxey. So do they have more than one All-Star on this team come February? I mean, they have one in the possible, in my opinion. I mean, they have one in a possible. And 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 the thing is, the reason why they have a possible is because, you know, in the past you would always pencil. I mean, the one definite is Joel. In the past you would always say that James Harden, you know, you would just pencil him in. But I feel like that, and right now going into the season, you will say like, okay, a lot of people think they saw the videos, they saw whatever, they say, okay, he's an all-star, right? But – if he does, if he comes out and he plays like he did in the playoffs, and you know he might be a facilitator, but if he struggles to blow by people and do things like that, um, you know he he probably he may not make it. And 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 the reason being is, I mean, you look at a guy like Donovan Mitchell who's coming there now, and and in the East, he's going to make the All Star team. You know, there there are like the the, the good thing that's the one thing that might help them out is that guys like Jimmy Butler and, and DeMar DeRozan, you know, they're listed as forwards. Right. But, you know, uh, Atlanta, you know, I, I mean, and I don't know if he's on Harden's level, but you know, DeJounte Murray was an all-star all-star too. So you got Trey, you got Trey young, you know, now you got Bradley bill back. Um, you have Kyrie, you know, I I just think that there's a lot of guards right now. You know, yeah. Kyle Lowry. So yeah. you know, he he really has to ball out. I mean, you know what? You know what? He he can um. You know, he 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 can um. He he he. It could be one of those things where what he can do is 
you know, he can basically lead the lead in assists. And if that happens, people are like, okay, he, he re- reinvented himself. And he, he's like this guy, and he can make it. But outside of that, man, I, I feel like if his shot isn't there, it's going to be tough for him just because um, of all the other people that are there. Now, again, that's if his shot struggles, if he struggles. That's if he doesn't uh, look any better than he did. Now, if he comes out and he's like found the fountain of youth, so to speak, then there's an opportunity. I mean, there's a chance that he will make it. But I, the only the only definite I see is Joel. Yeah, I agree with you. He will be voted in by the fans like he has been. And as far as James Harden goes, you're absolutely right. In order for him to make it in, the coach is going to have to vote him in as a reserve, and he's going to have to go out there and hoop and, and be a spectacular uh, compared to those other players that you just mentioned. Now with DeJounte Murray and Donovan Mitchell coming from the from the Western Conference, the remaining players that are already here that uh, are all-star worthy. Jalen Brunson, you, you never know. Like Jalen Brunson could go out there and and be the uh, 20-point scorer for that Knicks team that's keeping them in the mix and it'd be worthy of an all-star spot. Mm-hmm. So 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 we don't know. LaMelo Ball has already put himself in, in that conversation since he made it a, a season ago. So you're 100% right, man. And there are only so many spots. And I'm with you. I think it's going to be tough for Tyrese Maxey to make it this this soon. And I think Tobias Harris is, you know, fair or unfair. I think that time may have passed just because of what Harden does versus what Simmons used to do. I think it was easier for Harris to make it on this on the All-Star team if that was, you know, with with Ben Simmons because now we have to for him for his sake, and I really do think he was worthy of it in 20, uh, that all-star berth and his first time. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is probably going to be the one that gets that now, gets that look as that first-time all-star in the in the event that he goes out there and just take that takes that next step. So I, I agree with you. There's one definite and a few questions with the others. Good players. And in the end, I, I'm sure that they all want to make the all-star team. Who wouldn't? But in the end... The big deal is simply to win the championship and get to the first, get to the finals and win the championship. But it's always nice to be represented in the in the game by by your players. And right now, I agree with you. I think there's one for sure in Embiid and question mark for James Harden and the others. Yep. So I'm with you, man. I, I I'm I'm right there with you. So uh, I I agree with you 100. percent And uh, I've got to say this though, Keith, before we step away and uh, get ready to uh, go out for the day and enjoy the rest of our Monday. We got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. Now go and make the NBA Top 50 on Locked On NBA your second listen. Which NBA player moves the betting line the most this season? Locked On and the Bet Online Odds Makers present the NBA Top 50 Most Valuable Players. Fit it on Locked Find it on Locked On NBA, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I apologize for that. My slip up. Find it on Locked On, on NBA, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Well, with that, Keith, let everybody know where they can find us. You know what? Like my man D said, wherever you get your podcast, you can also get the Locked On 76ers podcast. So, and then if you want to get this YouTube channel, go on to 
locked on, go to YouTube, locked on 76ers. And when you see that Liberty Bell, click on that Liberty Bell and you become our newest subscriber. And you know you need to listen to my man's show. You can find D on the Divine Giving Show. Yes, he has his own show. And it's from, normally it's from six. All over the place. But it's all over the place. But normally it's from six to 10 on 97.5 FM, um, you know, ESPN channel, right? You can also follow him on Twitter at Divine Givens. No, I'm sorry, I messed up. You can find him on Twitter at Divine G975. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers, and you can read my stuff in Inquire.com. Well, listen, man, it's always fun, man. We'll be back tomorrow as we get closer and closer again to the start of uh, Sixers training camp and uh, media day for us on the 26th. Keith, thanks, man. Really appreciate it as always. Um, we appreciate everybody checking us out every Monday through Friday, less than 30 minutes, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, Keith. Deuces, man. Peace. Yes, sir.